the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com. And on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Got a uh, kind of cloudy day going and uh, feeling that the thunderstorm might not be that far away. Uh, this afternoon and or tonight. Down to 73 eventually. Sunny for a while tomorrow. May get some clouds later in the day. Less humid, which is nice. Tomorrow's high, 88. And uh, breezy for the day. And then Sunday, mix of clouds and sun high around 90. Phillies take game one from the Pirates last night. 8-7. They were actually up, I think, 7 nothing, And then they made it interesting. Gave up five runs in the bottom of the ninth. But held on to win 8-7. to The second game of that four-game set against the Pirates is tonight. At 7.05, Bailey Falter on the mound for the Phils. Uh, Phillies DH and first baseman Derek Hall talked about after last night if he's extra focused on his game because of the possibility of the uh, Phils making a playoff run. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that, especially in the big leagues, everything matters. Every little thing, the little things, the big things. So anytime you uh, get a chance to help the team or you know do something with the bat, I, I think it, it pays huge dividends. Stair call of the Phils. Again, they play tonight at 7.05. Meanwhile, the Eagles continue their training camp this first week uh, coming to a close here. Eagles center Jason Kelsey with thoughts on the offense heading into the season. I think we have a lot of skill offensively. I think we have a lot of talent. I think we have a great offensive line. I think we have a lot of really good skill position players. I think we have a quarterback that is continuing to improve and is a great player last year and will be a great player this year. We have to get better right now. That's all I know. I think that in this city, I just got done telling the team this issue. Uh, in this city, it feels like every year the media thinks that we're really good. We end up being, and every year the media thinks we're going to, we end up being really good. So um, I prefer not to listen to what everybody thinks we look like on paper. And uh, the only way we're going to be any good this season, we come out here and we work and everybody comes out of the mentality to get better. Each and every one of us. Nobody here is so good that they can't get better. And um, But I do think that from a player standpoint, yes, I think we can be very good offensively. Jason Kelsey of the Eagles, their uh, first playoff or first um, their games against Detroit about a month from now. Victoria, how are you doing? Happy Friday. Doing good. Happy Friday to you, too. Yeah. So uh, we have a really packed show. Uh, before we get into it, though, we have a couple things, uh, items of business to take care of. We want to let folks know it, the Ministry of the Month with Dr. Michael Youssef and Leading the Way wraps up uh, this weekend. And the program actually is 5.30 each weekday afternoon and 3 a.m. plus several times over the weekend. We're giving away Dr. Youssef's latest two books, and uh, we've been making winners all month long. I 
Uh, do you have an example of said winners, Victoria, of uh, yes, leading the way? I do. We have Brooke of Brookhaven, PA. I'm sorry, Bruce of Brookhaven, PA. Joseph of Aston, PA. Art of Pensacola, New Jersey. April of Ben Salem, PA. Lynn of Philadelphia. Elaine of Roslyn, PA. Michael of Philadelphia. And Albert of Alden, PA. Wow. So there's a lot. See, we're not making it up. There are a lot of people who are winning. And you still have time to get in on that at WFIL.com. Have some fun because we have other contests going as well. Again, at WFIL.com. Uh, well, before I forget, also, if you're a Flyer fan, they signed a right-winger Owen Tippett to a two-year deal. Just got announced. He was one of the main uh, players that they got in exchange for Claude Giroux uh, this past season. So there's that. Now, a uh, couple, of, couple of guests, Victoria, this hour. Looking forward to having Jay Payleitner joining us. Now, Jay, people were like, I think I've heard that name. Yeah. We're squeaking it in better late than never. He's the author of the book, Don't Take the Bait to Escalate. And that's what we've been giving away all month long. And uh, we were glad to make contact with him and finally be able to squeeze in a time where we can have him on the show. So he's coming up here in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about the book. And uh, you can that's one of the other prizes you can win. But you've got to get entered by the end of the weekend. And then uh, Paul White, otherwise known as The Big Show, The Wrestler, seven-time world champion, 11-time tag team champion. He's going to join us. He's in a film called Marcus, which is a, a film on mental health. And it's um, it's actually kind of uh, – I, I watch it. It's pretty good. It, but it, it also is a little bit intense. And so I want to kind of put a little disclaimer on that. And not that Paul's going to be intense when we talk, but just that the film itself, if you want to watch it, just be prepared. It's a little bit intense. But we'll talk about that and even uh, have some scripture. We just want to share a couple of verses later on to encourage you with regard to – uh, you know, is your state of mind, if you will, and what Scripture has to say. There's a lot of things Scripture has to say about uh, anxiety and stress and a lot of other things. So there's that, plus our natural stress reliever, which is gluten-free and calorie-free, Victoria, at the end of the show. Now that's punny. So that's all coming this hour. Let's take our first break. We'll bring on board Jay Payleitner. Don't take the bait to escalate. That's coming up next. We'll keep things going from there. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560, WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 410, the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL in Philadelphia, and we are glad to bring on the one and only Jay Payleitner. Jay, how are you doing today? Uh, Tim, I am delighted to <laughs> hang out with you for a few minutes. Are you sure? Are you just saying that? <laughs> well, I, I, I love uh, Philadelphia. You guys have been very good to me. One of my fondest memories as a dad, uh, you guys reach up to uh, uh, to Bethlehem and Allentown up there, right? You yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, my daughter played softball for West Point. Really? And we uh, went up to Lehigh there and uh, watched her hit the home run. In the in the Patriot League championship game, so uh, you guys have treated me well. Nice, and I've uh, I've led some uh, men's retreats in your area too. So there you go. That's excellent. And but you're based in Chicago normally, is that yes. right? Okay. Yeah. Right. My mom was born in Chicago. We have family in Northbrook, and uh, every now and again we get out that way. So. Well, stop by, and I'll buy you coffee or some other beverage when I, you come out. I would like that very much, and I am glad also. Uh, you know, we love to get guests on who have books that were given away. It's, it just adds that much extra color to it. And don't take the bait to escalate. We've been talking about all month. And I'm like, wait a minute. The month's almost over. Jay emailed me away at once. I'm like, okay, so let's, and it works out. So we're glad to have you on. 
Uh, I, I want to give you the floor, really, uh, you know, to talk. We have we have some time here, um, 10, 15, 20 minutes, actually. So I want to make sure we get into it and, and, and dig into it so folks can appreciate what went into it and what it's about. So tell the backstory a little bit. I'm always curious how a book comes into being, if whether it's something that's been marinating for a long time or, uh, or, or how it came to be for you. Well, this one came together in the midst of all the turmoil that we've been going through as a nation the last few years, uh, between politics and COVID and racial unrest and even family squabbles. And then even think about uh, Ukraine. It just seems to have come about at the right time. This whole idea of, uh, of conflict and conflict resolution and how we should approach it as Christ followers. Um, because, uh, you know what, uh, the church gets blamed these days for, for being haters. Yeah. And I'm, and Jim, you're not a hater. I'm not a hater. But we get blamed for that. And uh, I think that we need, to, we need to corner the market on love. Uh, you and every your station, everybody who I hang out with. Uh, so that was kind of the, the initial motivation for the, I, the idea. And then... Salem Publishing, those guys over there are just awesome to work with, and uh, we kind of came together with this idea of uh, don't take the bait to escalate, uh, and i got to confess that the subtitle is theirs. They came up with it. Conflict is inevitable. Being a jerk is optional. <laughs> right. And so I'm going to give the guys at Salem Publishing the credit for that subtitle. That's fine. Um, and so we just jumped into it, and... I discovered quite a few things along the way as I was writing. So it was a learning process for me as well. So uh, folks just tuning in, we're chatting with Jay Payleitner, Salem's Book of the Month for July, as uh, Jay mentioned there. Don't take the bait to escalate, subtitled, Conflict is Inevitable, Being a Jerk is Optional. Now, you don't have a lot of books in the world that have, well, at least in the Christian realm, I guess, that have the word jerk in it, because it is a strong word in some ways. But, uh, you know, that it's a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek. I think the way, as I was reading through, I saw... You know, there's there's a there's obviously got to be some sense of humor in in all of this. In, in fact, with conflict, you would think there's got to be a, an element in your brain of keeping things. Don't take everything too seriously, or you'll blow up. So, uh, but share about that because there's some interesting parts to the book, like uh, what conflict is or isn't. Uh, probably there's a lot of things that people may not realize. Like, is all conflict wrong? Like, there should never be conflict. Peace at all costs. Well, right? Yeah, exactly right, Tim. Very perceptive. I. Uh... Uh, go, going into this thing, I thought we have to make conflict go away. But then I realized, again, as I'm doing the research and kicking it around and praying about it, conflict can be a good thing. It often is. If you think about, um, I lead I lead marriage conferences, and if you, uh, I, halfway through after I've you know, been doing a talk or two, I'll say, how many of you guys, how many of you couples have hit bottom in your marriage? And about half of them raised their hand. Half the couples raised their hand They're mm. at this marriage conference. And then I say, ain't it great? And they start laughing because they know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, if you've been married for, for several years and you haven't had any conflict, you really haven't been working hard enough. You haven't been putting yourself out there. Because they know that those couples know um, that if you uh, survive a conflict or even a couple of conflicts and, and you push through and you love each other through that, that you're going to have the strongest marriage ever and it's going to survive. Yeah. Um, a couple other quick examples of how conflict is actually a good thing. You think about a manufacturer who, who, uh, sh- who ships a defective product. That's a conflict right there. But you know what? If, if they resolve that, if they have an effective customer service department that resolves that conflict, then the customer is even more happy, and they're, they, they're the customers for life. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the two best athletes on a baseball team, high school baseball team, they both want to play shortstop. Who doesn't? <laughs> 
but but a coach is going to see that and going to challenge them. It's going to make the the team better. It's going to make those two boys better. It's going to lift up everybody. And uh, and again, conflict in sports is proof. Um, yeah, uh, Tim. Without conflict, uh, there would be no uh, no heroes and no reason for having a mentor or or empathy or uh, or there'd be no apologies or there'd be no rules without conflict. Yeah. Uh, and even um, I think it's in James that says trials of many kind, conflicts of many kind, test your faith. And what do they do? They produce perseverance. So. Uh, uh, that was my first lesson takeaway, was that conflict can be a good thing. It's how we approach conflict that really is going to make the difference for us. And I, I think yeah. uh, I am hearing that back. As, a, as again, all the Salem stations around the country uh, had, had this book as a, uh, a book of the month. And what a, I've been hearing such great stories back. That's, that's got to be very encouraging, obviously. And for folks, you know, Salem is our parent company. We've had 100 stations across the country, different types of formats, including the one that you listen to, you know, WFIL, a Christian teaching and talk station. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, don't take the bait to escalate the book we're talking about. If you're just tuning in, conflict is inevitable. Being a jerk is optional. Uh, Jay Payleitner is our guest, the author of the book. We talked about the book all month long. And folks, if you're, you know, as they listen in, you can still enter to win this. We're rounding out the month of July, but there's still time to enter. Uh, we've talked about it in different, depending on how much time we have, we kind of lay it out or, or have a shorter version of promoting it. Uh, but one of them, we do talk about that there are, in the book, you'll find, among other things, four factors to not uh, to not overlook. And so maybe take a minute and talk about, because uh, it's not just, uh, uh, you know, some simple things. You have practical strategies, really, for people to, to keep in mind. Uh, uh, Tim, yes, you've hit upon the, the core uh, uh Teaching, teaching. I hate teaching, but that's what it, the core message of the book is: these four conflicts, and you can apply them to any conflict. To any conflict, I'm going to list them real quick, and then we'll have a little, have a little fun with them. Okay. Um, one is first is decide what you really want. Not what you want, but what you really want. And those two things are different. Then know the risks. Third would be empathize with your adversary. And that's something that yeah, Christians are actually pretty good at. We, we, uh, we have a heart for others. Uh, well, that love should shine through. Empathize with your adversary. And then finally, expect the win, which is also should be easy for Christians, because in the short term, we make it beat up. We, got, we, we suffer some losses, and we, uh, we may lose some gun comes some conflicts. But in the long term, we know we have a heavenly home. We know that God's going to work all things out for good, so we can expect the win. Okay. And uh, the best, uh, most amusing example I can think of for that is just a tragic situation when I was first married. Hmm. I, I, really, think, just a, I think I know where you're going, and this resonated with me very deeply. <laughs> okay, well, there you the go. It was, <laughs> my, I've been married a long time, but my beautiful wife yes. liked creamy peanut butter, and I liked crunchy. Yeah. How did, how did that slip through marriage counseling? Oh. Did you not have marriage oh. counseling ahead of time? I mean, that's just wrong. Yeah, we, we, we did. We, yeah, we, yeah, we went to some good pre-marriage stuff, and that's great stuff, you know? Yes. I recommend that. How many kids you want to have and where you want to live and all those things. But, um, but this was uh, uh, this is tragic, really. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what did I want? I wanted my, I wanted my crunchy peanut butter. Yes. Because you're brilliant. What I really want, I wanted my marriage to start off strong. I wanted my wife to love me. I wanted to be able to communicate. I wanted some extra smooches once in a while. I mean, that's what you want as a a young married couple. So um, the risks are, if I'm a jerk about this and put my foot down and uh, and insist on my crunchy peanut butter, Rita takes the, you know, Rita runs home to mom and dad. The marriage is over. I mean, that kind of thing. You've got to empathize with your adversary. 
uh, of course, it's, her demands, her requests, her needs were not unreasonable. That helps a lot. Sometimes you might have an adversary who has unreasonable demands. But still, you get to empathize with the adversary and know what they want, and kind of figure out what 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 their what what their goals are and what floats their boat and what motivates them. So that's the third one, and then expect to win. Well, uh, God had a sense of humor in all this. Um, there are a few ways to do this uh, to deal with the creamy versus crunchy challenge, and that would be um, you could uh, I could have just magnanimously said, sweetheart. Creamy it is, and I could have suffered through that for the next several decades. Or, yeah. um, or we could have um, uh, we could have done what what ended up happening was we were at a gross, we were doing every other jar. The, we'd buy a jar of creamy, and then when that ran out, we'd buy a jar of, of crunchy. See the alternate. Well, that that kind of worked for a while. It seemed to be like a compromise kind of thing. But then we were in a grocery store one day, and this story's going too long. I apologize, Tim, but here's the point. <laughs> no, it's important. You don't want to end this prematurely. <laughs> the, point, the point is, we were in a grocery store, and we had a half, of, a half a jar of crunchy at home, but we bought a jar of creamy, hmm. and we put them next to each other on their shelf. So in God's sense of humor, it's like, just buy two jars. So often, con- conflicts are, can be answered that simply. Buy two jars. I mean, uh, you'd be surprised at how often, uh, if you just sit down and think about it and talk about it, even pray about it a little bit, God's going to give you an answer to your conflict that is like so easy, so obvious, a win-win. You can't always count on that, but that happens sometimes. Well, and Jay, would this also apply then to other important areas of life, like pulp and the orange juice or no pulp and stuff like that? Oh, pulp, I can't answer that one. That is just too tough for me. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Jay Paylight is our guest for the Tim DeMoss Show today. The book is called Don't Take the Bait to Escalate. We've been giving this away all month long. It's Salem's Book of the Month for July, talking about conflict. And I want to get back to that for a second. The part about the fact that People, I think when they hear the word conflict, if you boil it down, they think conflict is bad and you should avoid it and do whatever you can, whether it's to avoid a person altogether, just keep your mouth shut. It leads to other problems because you're not actually being honest or you're not having conversations. Sometimes there's a time and a place or that nothing that or one of the points you make actually is reconciliation always being the goal. Like you're, you got to find a, a way somehow to reconcile. It depends on the relationship, but. There are, you point out in Matthew chapter 18, that some conflicts do actually end in separation, not that you want them to, but that, that is possible, a possible outcome. Well, yeah, we shouldn't leave this, uh, this whole conversation without uh, examining a couple of scriptures that, of course, are sprinkled throughout the book. And yeah, uh, Matthew 18, um, if you, uh, I've got it down here because I keep it in front of me. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you, if they listen, you've won them over. And then if they don't listen, take another brother along. Or, and then, uh, then sometimes you get taken in front of the whole church. And then if it's still not reconciled, then you may have to, to separate and, and, uh, and uh, cut them loose, uh, just as you would treat a pagan or a tax collector. No offense to the tra- tax collectors out yeah. there. Um, <laughs> right. uh, so uh, there's that. But um, And also, when, when you talk about the Bible and, and, and conflict, you go right to Jesus turning over the tables. Um, sure. And you understand. That was righteous anger. And I'm quick to remind people that, well, I can be, people say, I can be angry. Jesus got angry. Well, yeah, first off, you're not Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And second, uh, it was a righteous anger. And so, yeah, sometimes we have to have a righteous anger. But the, um, the most telling and the most compelling and perhaps the most useful model that Jesus 
did when dealing with uh, conflicts was uh, that uh, amazing passage uh, when uh, the uh, Pharisees, uh, he, uh, Jesus is teaching in the in the marketplace, and the Pharisees come and and drag this uh, woman caught in adultery. Yeah, and uh, and Jesus says the the Pharisees say uh, well, the, the 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 old law says we're supposed to stone this woman. Uh, what do you say? And Jesus doesn't give a long lecture. Instead, he leans over and and, and draws in the sand. Tim, what did he draw in the sand? Do we know? We I don't. <laughs> We don't know what right. he was doing the same. I've heard people say, my, maybe was it the Ten Commandments? He's just writing the words down. I, I, but I, I don't know. I, I think no, and I, I, nor do I. Right. Uh, it could have been the, the could have been been writing the sins of the Pharisees. Oh, by the way, here's your sins, guys. Yeah. Uh, all the point is, he, he gave them time to think it through. He brought some poise. What a great word that is. A little more. We could use a little more poise and a little more uh, thoughtfulness in our uh, in our altercations. Yeah. Um, but he said, you know, who, who was without sin class the first stone? And uh, one by one, the um, Pharisees dropped their stones, although that's, there's no stones, actually, that they're holding in their hand. But what a great image that is. They sure. drop their stones and walk away. Interestingly, it was the older Pharisees, the Bible tells us, that left first. Yes. I, I, yeah, you're right. They saw uh, the wisdom uh, of it. Maybe the wisdom, or maybe they... I, maybe they're thinking, oh, man, that Jesus of Nazareth, he got us again. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, and then, or maybe the punk younger Pharisees, I'm sure they were punks. Yeah, of course. Well, I, I want to stone this woman. I want to stone her. That's, that's, I, I got to do that. So who knows, really? But uh, also the punchline of the whole story, you got to remember that he didn't, Jesus didn't let the woman off the hook. And not that it's our job to deal with that, but uh, he said, they, didn't, they don't condemn you, and neither do I right now. But he told her, go and sin no more. Uh, so out of the poise came a couple good lessons, uh, and Jesus is going to set us straight no matter what. That's great. Um, That's yeah. Great. Well, good stuff here. Yeah. Make it work for you guys. You listeners, make it work for you. There's ways to do that. Yeah. So, And as we wrap up, uh, Jay, a couple quick things. One is, uh, folks just tuning in, Jay Payleitner is our guest, author of Don't Take the Bait to Escalate. Conflict is Inevitable. Being a Jerk is Optional. Uh, and we've been giving this away all, all month long. I just wanted to... Um, ask you for any kind of a closing thought with regard to, you know, when someone puts all this time and effort and prayer into writing a book, uh, you know, if you say, okay, well, what's a, what's a main thing or two that you would hope for those who might pick the book up to, to be blessed by, to come away with, to be even just challenged to think about and or helped by? Wow. Um, I and mean, there's a lot in the books, obviously, but maybe oh, yeah, there, there is. Thank you. Um, it might be this, and this has kind of hit my life in recent, in recent months and even last year or so. Uh, when, when stuff happens in your life, instead of trying to fix it and try to just say, just ask yourself and say, God, how, tell, let, let me know, God, how are you going to use this? I'm so confident that you're going to use this blessing or this curse or this wound or this, uh, uh, this phone conversation right now, this phone conversation you and I have, Tim, God's going to use this. And I just love thinking about that idea, that God uses it all. Ladies and gentlemen, God uses it all. So whether it's a conflict, or whether it's that, that bonus you got, or getting fired, or, or you know, stumbling upon this radio station in the last uh, day or so, yeah. God's going to use it. And ask Him that, and He'll reveal it to you. He will reveal it in, his, in due time. Amen. Amen. Any closing thoughts for you? I, I think you do, you mentioned doing marriage conferences. Do you still are you still 
active with that? Oh, oh, all right. I love that. And I, you know, I can fly into Philadelphia and go to any church. I, I, I do men's lead men's conferences. I did one in Dallas uh, a few months back. I did uh, uh, before COVID. I, one weekend I was in Long Island, New York, and the next weekend I was in Los Angeles. So I'll go all over the country to lead men's conferences at your church. You know, you put 20 guys in a room or 500 guys in a room, and we have a great time and talk about being how to be a better husband, a better servant, a better father, and a better radio listener to your good stations there. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds good. We like our listeners, but I'm sure uh, there's always well, room know, for... You got it. You all... got it. Yes. Yeah. Be encouraged, folks, uh, and hang, hang out with Tim every day. He'll he'll steer you the right way. I know that for sure. Jay, is there a best uh, way for folks to to look that up? Whether it's to ask you to come speak or look up the book, "Don't Take the Bait to Escalate." Well, sure. Um, uh, my name is impossible to spell, but I'll say it: Jay Payleitner. And if you can't spell it these days, I'm around enough that Google even fixes it and yes. gets it right. Jay Payleitner. <laughs> but if you go to "Don't Take the Bait to Escalate," yes. or my best-selling book, "52 Things Kids Need from a Dad." 52 things kids need from a dad. Uh, I, I'm sure some of your listeners have that because I've sold a couple hundred thousand copies of that. Okay. Um, it, it, all, it, all, it all comes together. J. Pay Leitner. Uh, and we'll put just, it we'll put it yeah. in the podcast description also. Oh, so if, if folks want to, they can always go to you know our site wfl dot com and we uh, the homepage has the podcast of the show, so they can look in the description and we'll put the your website there as well. So all right, man. Jay, thanks for taking hey. time. Uh, happy Friday, happy weekend. Uh, oh, it is a beautiful day here in Chicago, and I'm going to go enjoy it. Amen. God bless you. Thanks hey, again. We'll, we'll look forward to next time, too. Yeah, take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Jay Payleitner, author of Don't Take the Bait to Escalate, which we have been giving away all month. It's Salem's Book of the Month for July. Still time to enter to win it. You can do that, do that and all the other concepts we have going as well at WFIL.com. Brief break. Our next guest is named Paul White, seven-time wrestling champion of the world, otherwise known as The Big Show. He's coming up in just a moment. Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 4.33 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for listening in. Uh, we have our Now That's Punny segment to cap things off. But before we get to that, we still have several stops to make, including our next guest. His name is Paul White, otherwise known as The Big Show. Uh, he's a seven-time world champion wrestler, 11-time world tag team champion wrestler. The film he is in is called Marcus, and uh, we're glad to have you aboard. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, bro? <laughs> Great. Thank you for taking a couple minutes to chat today. Uh, if you would, just share a second about the film, Marcus, and how you came to be part of it. What drew you drew you to want to be part of it? Well, what originally attracted me, I was approached to this, and I saw the 10-minute the short film, and I saw the performance that Owen Miller did, and I was really blown away by it. And then Jared Foley, who wrote and directed um, Marcus, you know, uh, gave me an opportunity to be in the film. And... It's a great message or great blueprint or however you want to, whatever you want to use to describe it. It's a great dramatic film on understanding what someone with mental health issues goes through. And for me, the role that I play Gus, I'm like Marcus's only friend, really. But I don't really understand how to, to communicate with, with Marcus. I want to help, but I really don't know how to help someone with mental health issues. But this film really shows what it's like to go through that struggle and how to try to find try to find that hope somewhere. Because a lot of times when you're struggling with mental health issues, you're trying to find hope. And I think this does a great job of 
I've explained on the inside what's going on. And that really pulled me into the film to be a part of it. Because there's not a lot of roles for a step foot four and a pound guy in a dramatic film. So to be a part of it is definitely something I want to challenge myself with. Yeah. Did you happen to, speaking of Owen Miller, did you, uh, anything in particular about how he went about his business or how he approaches his craft that you picked up just by being around him? Just being around him, I mean, you're, you're always learning something. Some things are intangible. You can't put your finger on it. But you just know right away that, that Owen was the next level actor. Because, you know, just BSing with Owen uh, off camera, for a better term, uh, behind the scenes. You know, he's a fun, you know, guy. He, he, he's cool. He's chill. He's really a cool dude. But when you see him, his preparation, when you see him sliding to Marcus and the way he he has that, uh, brings that character to life. You know, he's able to portray those struggles, with, you know, in his face. And he's able to portray those struggles with his performance. It really sucks you in and makes you understand that how difficult it is having mental health issues and how difficult it is struggling. And, and sometimes you don't need somebody to tell you to have a nice day or get over it or the, the common things that people say trying to help, but they're not really helping. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just be there and listen. Yeah. You know? So uh, seeing his performance was really impressive. Did you have a favorite part of the film? There are two that stood out to me without giving the film away, but did, was there any part of the film that resonated with you the most about that whole point? Uh, well, without giving anything away, I think one of the biggest parts that resonated to me was definitely, um, you know, Marcus in the car. Yeah, it was very powerful. Um, it was moving. You're like, oh my, oh my gosh, because um, you don't really know what's going on, right? You know, uh, that, that, that was a very move, moving point. And, and then for me personally, um, one of the scenes where Marcus, where I confront Marcus about something that happened, and even though my character is angry with him, um, in a way, I still showed support to him. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think that, that scene was, was, was very good. But I think just uh, the performance that Marcus does in the car is unreal. And then, of course, his relationship with, with you know, with, you know, with Katana Malone and, and that relationship, how that comes about, and just uh, uh, the stubbornness to find hope. I guess I'll put it that way. The stubbornness to find hope. I found this hope, and I'm not letting it go no matter what. Yeah. You know, and I think that was really great. Uh, really great because you know that's sometimes you have to do that to, especially um, when you when you when you relax on that hope you have to hold on to it at all costs. For sure, I was thinking there, and especially in your line of work, the physical strength is obvious uh, in your profession with wrestling. But there are different kinds of strength, and I'm thinking Marcus. There's another type of strength, including you know shown through perseverance, uh, including the scene on the bridge uh, was to me was, was a very powerful scene too. Absolutely. Um, the whole way this whole thing, the way the whole thing is, is put together, it, it, it gives you a great uh, view. Because we've seen performances in the past by great actors of people with mental health issues, and you see what they do on the outside, and you know, like, okay, well, there's something wrong. You know, but you don't really understand what they're thinking, what's really going on inside, like you do with Marcus. That was a unique insight that really attracted me with the script. You know, and then to see uh, Owen Miller pull this to life, you, you really understand, like, oh, wow, that's that's what someone with mental health issues is, is thinking, if that makes any sense. Sure. You know, that's, that's the guts of what's going on behind the scenes. And I thought that, that was the part that really is the most powerful thing about the entire film is 
is you really get a chance to understand what's going on on the inside. And it's very understandable. It's very relatable. It's presented in a way that, like, oh, I get it now. I really get it. This is serious. Yeah. Yeah. Very last quick question. Uh, more roles for you. Would you like to keep going this direction, segue perhaps from wrestling to acting more as, or any thoughts on that topic? Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, listen, I did five days a week, sometimes two times a day for four decades. So <laughs> I've given two knees and two hips and, and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to in-ring performing. I still love it, but I just can't do it at the level that I, that I used to when I was younger. Yeah. So now for me, finding other things to, to, uh, keep myself challenged and keep myself going. Like the commentary has been a great transition for me. I'm really enjoying that. And also with films, I had fun doing the TV show with the Big Show show. That was a great, uh, great experience doing a live television comedy, family sitcom. A lot of hard work. I don't think I've ever worked that hard. I think I was at Paramount Studios from 8 in the morning until 9 at night every wow. day. First one there, last one to leave. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that pressure of a new script every week. And, and I enjoy trying to find uh, work that's not necessarily based on my size. Sure. You know, because that's a that's a that's an instant throw to. I mean, I'm I'm always going to kind of get favored for the bigger bodyguard or the mercenary or the biker or you know these intimidating figures or the crazy big alien. But trying to find trying to find something that that has a little bit more like a guts to it. Works not about my size. It's about the relationships that I can create with the other characters and pull you out of my size and pull you more into the performance. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for that. There's not a lot of stuff written for a guy my size in that kind of caliber, but yeah. But hopefully these little baby steps will prove that you can do it. Because let's face it, making movies is a business. They're going to pick the best person that they can to, to help tell that story. And hopefully uh, stuff like this will give them the confidence to know that I can do it. Paul White, God bless you. Thanks for taking time today. Thank you very, very much for having me. All right, Paul White, thank you. Paul White in the uh, new film, Marcus. It's um, before we go any further. He he's uh, I think he's seven feet tall, Victoria, and three hundred and eighty something pounds. Wow, the guy! <laughs> so yeah, so that's why he's saying he, he tends to be offered roles like as he is in Marcus, a security guard. Because yeah, uh, but that said, uh, he's, and he's a seven time world champion wrestler, eleven time tag team champion, world champion wrestler. Very well known, coming out the back end of his wrestling uh, career and maybe dovetailing into film. Uh, so I want to say, so the film is, I mentioned this earlier in the show, the film is actually fairly, there are moments of intensity because of it dealing with the mental health of the central character, uh, not not Paul, but um, the, the person we were referring to earlier. And so I want to put that parenthetically in if you watch it. Uh, also, I, I'm certainly not a medical expert and and I don't, delve into, I'm not trying to comment on mental health issues as that phrase has become more um, prominent in recent years. I, but I, I want to speak to what I do know um, in terms of, you can call it mental health, but there's a lot of other things too, whether it's tied to anxiety or other things. There's a lot of scripture that speaks to this. And um, I was thinking in John chapter 10, a very well-known verse, John 10, 10 says, I came that you might have life and have it to the full. But if you back up to the beginning of chapter 10, it actually, and throughout, it actually uses the word voice. In the film, Marcus, there's, there are voices going on at times in the character's head. Uh, and I, I can believe that that's something that some folks do deal with. So I just want to uh, kind of 
share what scripture says. As, as a side note, I had breakfast with uh, our pastor recently who has an engineering background. I found this very interesting. He said, when you teach in the engineering world, you're taught to teach what is, uh, you know, what it is, what it isn't, and what it's like. And so I thought that's interesting because when it comes to preaching a sermon or talking on the air here, I want to be very careful that I don't inadvertently share something that would help, would get a listener off course because they're hearing, you know, so I want to, but I do want to have times where we'll have a guest on maybe just to hear where they're coming from and to understand a bit of, of their perspective, but front and center to me should be as my uh, pastor, we say, what is it? What is the answer? Not, you, know, you don't want to be familiar with everything that's not because you get confused. Uh, you know, there's only, that only leads, doesn't really lead to the end, you, the end game of wanting to know uh, what, and here's where Jan, John, uh, John 10 comes in. Jesus speaking, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and robber. The man who enters the gate uh, by, is the, by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Then verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So I want to point you and encourage you to John chapter 10, those first 11 verses, uh, which actually dovetails very well into a verse we say all the time here, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. There are the scriptures too. Philippians chapter 4 is another great one along the lines of, the, of, of these things. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I encourage you with those words from Scripture about, uh, you know, how do you, back on John 10, how do you hear God's voice? How do you help what's in your head actually, you know, be something of peace and something that leads you in the right direction? Well, one practical way is to take time to turn off your phone, turn off your TV, turn off the show. Go open the Bible and see what God has to say directly to you. I won't be offended at all. In fact, I recommend it, especially if you haven't actually taken time to, uh, to do that lately. That's how you can get your brain on straight. Really, God's word is true. So be encouraged to do that. The pun segment's coming up in a little bit, but you can catch that in the podcast. It might be even more important right now for you to turn off your radio and go listen. Uh, you know, go listen to God. Or you can wait till after five. 
<laughs> after the puns are done. Let me throw on a, a quick song here. This is Zach Williams, shifting gears for a second. Brand new music. It's called Heart of God. It's released today. We'll have a break after this in our pun segment to cap things off. New Zach Williams, Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. It's called Heart of God. AM560 WFIL.com on the app. Zach Williams. That's a part of his new song called Heart of God. We'll be playing that more in the days to come. Quick break, and then we'll get into our now that's punny segment, WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. 451, the Tim DeMar Show. Time for now. That's funny. Doug, how you doing? Pretty good for a Friday. All right. Actually, no, it's never mind. You're not doing good or it's not Friday? No, I thought it was Monday. All right. That, I hope that's not an indication of how this <laughs> segment's going to go. Feels like a Monday. It's a lot of pressure to do this segment. I, I have to admit, you know, people are like, talk about appointment listening. They have stopped what they're doing. They've stopped the dishes. They've stopped driving their cars. Mm. And they're glued to hear what's going to come out of the radio next. Do you have uh, proof of this? Uh, the computers. I've heard I've heard stories. <laughs> I have drones flying around. All right. So, Warm so, up the crickets. Yeah. Great. You, are the sound effects ready? They're ready. Okay. Why did you single out the crickets part? Are you anticipating? Because we did it in the uh, air check. Oh, that's there. good. You know, just checking. So, Doug, yesterday... I spotted an albino Dalmatian. Really? Yeah. It was the least I could do for him. <laughs> you get it? I spotted the albino Dalmatian. I put spots on him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm All right. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should have saved that for later when you were laughing at anything. The kid appreciated it. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So uh, I went to the dentist for the first time in quite a while this week. I was in the chair, catching up with the dentist, how he's been. He told me he won Oral Surgeon of the Year. Really? Yeah, he even showed me his plaque. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of awkward, actually. Close your mouth, dude. I have a friend on another topic who is a professional contortionist. Mm. Yeah, but he's not really a happy guy. He's always bent out of shape. <laughs> Go on, spread out. <laughs> uh, you know, in my spare time, which is not a lot of, but for a while there, when I had some spare time, I was actually very gung-ho about studying full moons. But now my interest is kind of waning. So... Doug, uh, I love radio. Well, you love radio. You've been in it forever, right? 100 years. Yeah. Yep. I've been in about that amount of time, but mm-hmm. I've been contemplating, contemplating, easy for me to say, contemplating a career change, though. No. It's true. I'm thinking either a hairdresser or a short story writer, but I'm not sure which. I'm going to flip a coin, heads or tails. Mm-hmm. That's it? Heads or tails? Hairdresser. Ooh. Hairdresser or short story writer. Heads Tails. Heads or tails. See, I was like, it's all in the spelling, tails. Wow, you know? it's true. Mm-hmm. For my birthday, which okay, I still haven't gotten a present from you, um, <laughs> a friend of mine gave me a book. Uh, it's on positive thinking, but I'm not going to read it because it probably really won't do anything. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That same friend gave me a book on procrastination, which does look good. I just haven't gotten around to reading it yet. Yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> 
they just write themselves. <laughs> Doug, where can you still get gas for two bucks? That diner down the street? Yeah, Taco Bell was my answer, but oh, is it really? that too. <laughs> this is like when you play Balderdash and you get the right answer that, you know, you get extra points. So <laughs> You can pick your own sound effects and she, that's your prize. That was it? That was it. Taco uh, Bell. That actually kind of goes with the... T- yeah, 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 right. Yeah, so yeah. speaking of money, you know, um, we and gas, we actually used to be able to get an air. We used to be able to get air for our car tires free. Mm-hmm. But now the the gas station nearby is charging three bucks. No that, way! That's inflation for you. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, there's a gas station in New Jersey. Wow. There is. There's a couple of them actually. Wow! This one gas station. Yeah, it's amazing, Doug. I, I never would have guessed there's a gas station in New Jersey. There is. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> and we don't pump our own. But my point is, is they do your windows. Whoa. Yeah. Do they wear those little hats and or stripes and stuff like that? Yeah, like suit and tie. Classic? Those. Yep. That mm-hmm. sounds pretty amazing. It's amazing for sure. This weekend, on a different topic, mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking of watching episodes of The Electric Company, just to keep current. You're killing me, Smalls. Remember The Electric Company? Uh, is that back a kid in the thing? Day? Yeah, back yeah, in the day. Yeah. There's like, I'm, in fact, speaking of that, Sonia Manzano. Is joining us next week. And she is? Maria from Sesame Street. Ooh. She'll be on the show. She has a book out. Nice. It's true. You know, between Sonia and I, uh, we've won 15 Emmy Awards. <laughs> <laughs> Her being... I'm not, I'm not lying about that. I'm sure. It's very true. Mm-hmm. What did Dad say to Mom when he bought her the wrong flower? Mm. Whoops, a daisy. <laughs> yes. I feel that way every time my wife says, can you run and buy flowers for so-and-so? Like, honey, I have no idea what I'm getting. You're going to hate whatever I bring home. So I always take pictures and text in the back. Say, take more pictures. Oh, my gosh. So, but at least it, at least it's done right when I get get home. I know mums are out of the question on my hands. Okay. So, Doug, uh, one other one for you here. Mm-hmm. I saw a burglar entering his own house through a back window last night. He got his keys. I guess he was actually working from home. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Doug, uh, on a sad note, unfortunately, I'm going to be going to jail soon for a couple things uh, I did, including eating your snacks when you weren't looking. I know. But the good news is I'm told I get to play cards all day because they're going to put me in solitaire confinement. I think you got that wrong, but... Doug, what does Donkey Kong use when he grocery shops? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a Mario Kart. <laughs> that I will be doing this weekend with the kids. We like to, we like to play a little GameCube every Cute. now and again. A couple more, Doug. I'll put you out of your misery. Thank you. Uh, I asked my friend the other day when his birthday was. Speaking of birthdays. Mm-hmm. He said March 1st. So I got up, walked around the room, and then I asked him again. <laughs> Second. <laughs> Back in college, Doug, I dated a geologist. But she was always finding fault with me. What would you do with a brain if you had one? So we split. Yeah. Doug, uh, do you collect anything besides dust? Mm, dandruff. Okay. Yes. There's two things. I keep them in a jar. Okay. I don't even want to know. <laughs> uh, some people collect magazines, which is kind of crazy. I mean, baseball cards, coins, stamps, but magazines? Mm-hmm. Those people must have issues. A whole pile of them. That's it. 
you raised your hand. You must have like Rolling Stone or something. Mojo. 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 What's Mojo? It's a music magazine okay. from England. Wow. Oh, hoity toity boy. Well, it's expensive, yes. <laughs> All right, one more, Doug. <laughs> what do you call a nervous javelin thrower? Mm, I don't have enough time to figure that one out. Go Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yes, oh speaking of goodness. High brow, we ended on a high note. Yeah. We talked about gas earlier, but we ended on Shakespeare. Yeah. I think that's a positive for the program. Good for me. We're trending in the right direction. Yes. All right, well, have a lovely weekend. Thanks for being part of Now That's Punny. My pleasure. Victoria, you have a fine weekend as well. You too, Tim. Thank you. Looking forward to Monday. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. And we'll be back. Alistair Begg, uh, Truth for Life, up next. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.